It's been a marvelous week, as you've heard, and apparently the capstone has been the opportunity to slime the pastor. Yeah. We've been trying this week to raise money to, uh, from our kids to replace a roof on a school in Tacana, Guatemala. Resources there are few and far between, and they need some help. We've come alongside to help them. Our kids have raised nearly half of it, and our missions committee has got some money set aside for the uh, other half. It's really an exciting project, but uh, someone came and asked me, if they can raise $700, will you get slimed? Now, for those of you who don't know what sliming is, they... Uh, concoct a slime and pour it over about anybody they wish around here, okay? But uh, we have a competition between guys and girls on the offering and the interns representing the boys or the girls get slimed depending on who um, uh, makes the most money. But anyway, uh, they asked me if it gets to $700, will you do it? And I said, 2000 2000 and I'll do it. Never thinking they would reach it. But then Carol Schimmel got involved. Now, I have learned three things from this traumatic event. Um, Number one, never mention anything publicly about a woman's age for fear she will start a campaign to slime you. Number two... Everyone hates me. (laughs) And number three, number three, whenever you put a project, a worthy project in front of Beach Haven, they fund it and they'll always come through. That's good. Well, I've got a worthy, another worthy project for you today. Open your Bibles to John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Uh, The Worthy Project will involve the Gospel of John, and I would like for everyone to participate in the month of June with this, okay? And let me say also, if you do not have a Bible, we've got some new Bibles for you we'd like to give you after the service. See one of our staff members. Now, we can't upgrade your Bible. We don't have enough for that, okay? But if you do not have a Bible, we've got some great study Bibles available for you in a modern translation that uh, you see one of our staff, and we'll be glad to get it for you. Uh, After the service, we'll go to building E for lunch, and then the reptiles will be in building D, and uh, the, or the petting zoo will be in building D. The reptiles will be, well, we're not going to tell you where they are, but uh, uh, hopefully you'll run into them. But that's what we'll be doing uh, this afternoon. But the worthy project I want you to involve yourself in happens to be on the basis of John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Um, The challenge that we've got before us today is to be different people to be different. Uh, In fact, the way we live our lives, the way we think our thoughts, the way we feel our feelings, the way that we conduct our uh, romantic relationships and marriages and families and spending in every area of life, if we know Christ, is to be different. And it's to be attractive. It's to be appealing. Uh, Too often, that's not the case. What we need is that we need to get into Christ and grow spiritually. And the number one predictor The number one predictor in all the research that has ever been done that indicates that kind of growth is daily Bible reading. Daily Bible reading. So what I want to challenge everyone here to do is I want you to take the 21 chapters of the book of John and I want you to read one chapter beginning today or tomorrow 
until you're finished and to finish by June 30th. There's just 21 chapters. You can do that. But if as a people together, we read together, God's going to do a neat work in our hearts and lives. And I want to ask you to do that. Now, we, we're doing this because we're trying to extend the impact of Vacation Bible School. And uh, which is essentially a children's uh, crusade and revival. And we want you to be a part of that. And so I want to challenge everyone to read a chapter of the Gospel of John every day between now and the end of the month. That's the number one predictor of spiritual growth. Here, John gives us some good reasons in verses 30 and 31. And he really is explicit about why it is he wrote the Gospel of John. And I want you to begin reading with me in verse number 30. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you may have life in his name. There are plenty of good reasons to read a chapter of the Gospel of John every day until you finish it in the month of June. And I want to give you three of these today. One, I want you to read because of John's purpose. Now, in verse 30, he said, Jesus did many other things, but I have selected these to make a point. John's like a preacher, at least most I know. He's got material, and he selects what to say and not to say. Now, some people think the preacher never excludes anything, and he just goes on and on and on. But John, uh, John takes this, and he selects materials in order to reach a purpose in verse 31. He says, these are written in the Gospel of John that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and having believed, having believed have life in his name. There is power in this word. The word written in the Gospel of John in any place in the Bible has got the power to birth faith in Jesus Christ. Saving faith and living faith. And that's why everyone in the earth needs to have a robust, heartfelt yieldedness before the Word of God and to consume it like they would a meal, a hungry man would a meal. Because this is John's purpose. I want you to read this, and I want you to grow in faith. Now, that's the power of the Word. The Word can do that. Um, just a chapter, a couple chapters before, over in John chapter 18, verse 6, look at the power of the Word of Jesus Christ. They came to arrest Him. They met Him in the Garden of Gethsemane. And look what happened in verse number 6, he, or verse 5. Um, he said, who are you seeking? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. And when He said to them, I am He, they drew back and fell to the ground. When he said, I am he, he is using the Hebrew name of God, using it in a double way. I am Yahweh, and there was such power in that word, they fell back and could not stand before the mere word of Jesus Christ. Hey, church, just imagine when Jesus returns, what they'll do with him. If his word has got that kind of power, how about him in his second coming? Can you imagine what that's going to be like? That's the power of the Word. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you're struggling to trust Jesus Christ, immerse yourself in the Word and begin with the rest of us in the Gospel of John. So the purpose here is to get you to believe. The purpose is not to make, now watch this, the purpose is not to make bad people good. That's not the Christian faith. 
The Christian faith is more than making bad people good. The purpose is not to make immoral people moral. That's not the purpose. The purpose is more than that. The, the, the purpose is not to make lewd people decent. That's not the purpose. The purpose instead is to make dead people live. Hellbound people, heaven bound. That's the purpose of the word and that is what God will do. Anybody, no matter how wretched, no matter how distant from God, no matter how embarrassed and humiliated by their behavior and choices, whoever they are, if they can trust the death and resurrection and person of Jesus Christ, they're lost, but they can be saved. That's the purpose of the Word. So uh, I want you to read every day from the Gospel of John because of his purpose. But there's a, there's a second thing, and that is John's priority. Now, John is real particular. He's not talking about any kind of religious faith. Look what he says in verse number 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Uh, listen to me real carefully. Sincere faith in something is not enough. There's a particular faith that we've got to have. Now listen, it says here in the text, you're to believe in Jesus, that he's the Christ, and that he's the Son of God. Jesus is the human name for Jesus. It, it, it is the name he received when he was born in Bethlehem. He was not called Jesus before Bethlehem. He is Jesus when he's born in Bethlehem because that's when he becomes the human and he takes on a human body and he is God, but God cannot die. He's come to die for the sins of the world. And if God cannot die, then how does God pay for the sins of the world? He puts on a human body that can die. God cannot be raised from the dead, but a dead body can, so Jesus takes on a body. John chapter 10, verses 15 and verse 18 says that Jesus said, No greater love has any man than this, than he laid down his life for his friends. And then he says in verse 18, I have the authority to lay it down and to take it up again. That's what Jesus said. You've got to believe that Jesus took on, God took on a human body to die and to rise again. But there's a second thing. Not only Jesus, but he's the Christ. Now, Jesus is his humanity. Christ is his royalty. Every first century Jew would understand that Messiah is a word indicating his kingship and his royalty. That is what Jesus is. So when we say Christ, we, that, that's not merely a name for Jesus. That is actually a title. Like a, 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 a physician might be called doctor. A um, leader of a um, uh, branch of the military might be called admiral or general. Jesus is the Christ. He is the king of all. He reigns over all in John 6, 69. They said, we believe that we found the Messiah, Christ, the son of the living God. And, and then it says he's the son of God. That means uh, his deity. He's as much God as if he were not man at all. He was as much man as if he were not God at all. Wasn't half man, half God, not half man, uh, half God and half man. He was totally God and man. The one who bled and shed his blood was Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And that's what you have taking place at Calvary. That is the value he places on your soul. And, you know, we determine value by what we would give for it to purchase it. Uh, bubble gum and chewing gum cost one price. A vehicle cost another. A home cost another because of the value. 
we place on these things. We place more value on homes and vehicles than we do on chewing gum and bubble gum. Ladies and gentlemen, what kind of commentary is it on the importance God places on saving us when Jesus gives his life and blood at the cross? So let me go back to something I said just a moment ago. Sincere faith is not enough. Religious faith is not enough. Listen to me. Follow me. Faith in God is not enough. The Bible says in James 2.19, the demons believe and they tremble. Listen, demons and the devil are some of the most conservative theological persons, entities anywhere to be found. They witnessed it all. They were eyewitnesses of it all. They have a, a belief that there is a God and that he did everything that he said he would do. Sincere faith is not enough. Religious faith is not enough. Faith in God is not enough. You've got to have faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's where we come down and that's where we're made right with God. So please be sincere. Please have a religious faith. Please have faith in God. But you've got to go beyond that. You've got to trust Jesus Christ. And that is when we have the promise of John. John's purpose, John's priority, and then John's promise. Uh, that reminds me of a little parakeet that I heard about. His name was Chippy. Chippy the parakeet. And his owner was in the uh, cage one day or cleaning up the cage and made the mistake of using a vacuum cleaner. And she turned her head for a moment and Chippy was sucked up in the vacuum cleaner. She looked around and couldn't find him and it dawned on her what she did. So she went through the bag, the uh, vacuum cleaner bag, and pulled Chippy out and he's dazed. So she rushes him to the sink and it's February and she puts him underwater, cold water and stuns the poor bird and then realizing what she's done she sucked him up with a vacuum cleaner she's put him under water that's entirely too cold she goes into the bathroom and turns on a blow dryer and puts him under it she said later when asked about how chippy was doing well she said he doesn't chirp or sing much he just kind of stares Hey, you ever want to look at some people and say, what vacuum cleaner got a hold of you? <laughs> you ever want to do that? I mean, there's just nothing coming out of their life. They're not making an impact on people. There's no difference being made in their life. I mean, life is the most boring thing in the world. Can I say to you, it is sin for a church to be boring. Oh, it is. Goodness gracious. Lord, save us from that. And it's a sin to live a boring life. God has much more in store for us than most of us have ever realized. We don't need to be like Chippy. Just staring and looking straight ahead. There is life in Jesus Christ, and he connects us to the very life of God. That's verse number 31. Look what he said there. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and then he's emphatic, that believing you may have life in his name. So there's life. Now, the life that he's promising here is eternal life and abundant life. This is the very life, energy, 
the pulsating life that courses through the being of God. God promises that anyone who comes to Jesus Christ can be so connected to Him that they have the very life coursing, the very life of God coursing through themselves. And so it is abundant life. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, The thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So what happens is, is that when you come to Christ, you don't just wait for heaven. Heaven begins to stream into your current experience and existence. That's why Christians can be uh, the folks who make the best decisions. They, they can be, when you know Christ is Savior, you can be the one that makes the best decisions. You, you can be the one that has the growing relationships. You can have a family that, despite trials and difficulties, still makes it through and still has a growing sense of love and fellowship in a family. In other words, the very life of God can be yours today if you believe and trust in Jesus Christ. So it is a quality of life, but that's not all. It's also a quantity of life. It is abundant and it is eternal. It's the very, very life of God that God gives to us when we come to Jesus Christ, and it does not ever have to end. John chapter 3, verse 16, Jesus said, For God so loved the world, the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. A life that goes on and on and on and it never ever ends and it does not have to. So the very life of God coursing through the heart and soul of an individual that does not ever ever have to end. That's what we can have in Jesus Christ when we come to him. That's the promise of the gospel of John. That's his purpose. That's his priority. That's his promise. Now look where the life is. Verse number 31. And that believing you may have life in his name. In his name. Do you know what it means to do something in someone else's name? Do you have any idea? It's not really a phrase that we're really familiar with in our day, but it means doing something authorized by someone else's name. I remember uh, many years ago, I went to uh, preach for a friend of mine in Huntersville, North Carolina, a suburb of Charlotte, and he pastored uh, and still pastors Lake Norman uh, Baptist Church. He asked me to come preach for a week, and I went up there and visited with him and met some really, really neat people. Uh, this church um, uh, was winning and attracting uh, folks that um, were coming to the area and retiring from Washington, D.C., and uh, they, uh, they really had some really neat skills, abilities, vision, and it, it was really neat to be there that particular week. But one of the members was Joe Gibbs, the retired coach of the Washington Redskins and now a NASCAR owner. In fact, I think Joe had a couple of, um, couple of uh, cars. And he was real kind to his pastor, and he, um, uh, when I arrived there, uh, someone gave uh, Bobby a message uh, and this was before the prevalence of the days of cell phones and certainly before texting, that Bobby needed to go to a local men's store and pick up a couple of suits. Now, Bobby's not using suits anymore, but he did in that day. And uh, Joe had gone to the store and uh, told the fellows that Bobby would be coming by to pick up a couple of suits. And Joe was going to take care of them. Now, Bobby had done that the year before when Joe had asked him to do so. And uh, Joe fussed at him because Bobby didn't pick up shirts and ties to go with it. Well, I walk into this store with uh, Bobby in uh, probably my Walmart and Target vest, 
was kind of casual that day, and uh, it was afternoon before the service, and I walked in, and um, we uh, go into the store, and Bobby is in the back room talking to the uh, fella about uh, what Joe had purchased for him and what he wanted to select, and I just milled around the store, and I thought, well, let me start with t-shirts. Let me see if I can afford something like that, and I went up, and I looked at one of the t-shirts. It's one of those dress t-shirts that goes under a man's sport coat or suit coat, and the starting price for a t-shirt was $161. Well, may I say to you, a couple of Southern Baptist preachers don't belong in a store like that. <laughs> they really don't. Uh, we're, we're at a place we have absolutely no business being, but Bobby could get in, and Bobby could uh, have a couple of suits from that place because Joe Gibbs put his name behind it. Are you hearing me? You have no business expecting eternal life. You, you and I have no business being in heaven. You and I have no business having God's life coursing through our very life. We don't belong there. Because of our sins, because of our, our guilt, we don't deserve it. But Jesus has put his name behind it. And he said, you just go to the Father with my name and you can have life in my name. And you can have that today. You are authorized by Jesus Christ to come to the Father. And John 1.12 says, to as many as received him, gave he the right to become the children of God, even those that believe on his name. And you can have that today. Why don't you open your heart today and do that? Let me tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. And after I pray, I'm going to let you talk to God as well and call on Jesus to give you this life because you trust He's Jesus, the crucified and risen. He is the Christ, the only one God's ever sent, and He's the Son of God. If you can believe that and place your entire trust in Him and reject anything that keeps you from it, God will give you life. Amen? It's a good day. Let me pray for you, and then we're going to let you open your heart to Jesus and say yes to Him. Lord God, I thank you for the promise of life.